Welcome to Married by Design, finding your adequacy in Christ, practicing your faith, and extending grace and mercy. These are all qualities that a husband or a wife can exhibit in order to have a great marriage. And that's what we'll be looking at in this episode of Married by Design. The purpose of the Married by Design podcast is to encourage couples to enjoy all that God has for them in their marriage relationship. Welcome to Married by Design this week. We've been in a series entitled The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. We're looking at marriages in the Bible and trying to learn from the choices that the husband and wife make. Blessings or consequences in the decisions that they make. It may be bad fruit and rotten fruit, but it also may be refreshing and healthy fruit. It really is up to us. We make choices every day in the kind of relationship that we're going to have with our spouse. We make choices that will affect the glory that we give to God. The character qualities of a husband and wife, the way they interact and their choices, have a profound effect on their marriage relationship and whether that marriage will be satisfying and God-honoring. This week we're going to look at a really good marriage. It's a story of a young man and woman that were faced with a difficult situation and yet decided to shine in it and honor the Lord. That's often what life is really about. We find ourselves in situations where we don't quite understand what's going on and we have to walk by faith and in obedience. This is a great story about the parents of our Savior, Joseph and Mary. It's important to note that Joseph and Mary were very young at the time that they were married. We don't know the exact age, but probably in their late teens. That in itself is amazing that they would be able to handle the situation in a way that they did at such a young age. And that's where our first application begins. I think it's important to realize that you're never too young, either biologically or spiritually, to do what's right. God can always use you. The Father in heaven saw this couple and chose to use them to bring the Savior into the world, humanly speaking. They were not older in experience, they were not well-known, and they were not powerful. They were young and inexperienced, and God used them marvelously. So never sell yourself short of what God can do in your life and through you. It doesn't matter what you've done or been through. God is so much bigger than all that. He chose to use Mary and Joseph. He could take two humble young teenagers and use them greatly. Can you see that He can do the same with you? He can use you as a husband or a wife in your spouse's life. He can mold you into his image and use you in your children's lives. The second lesson that we learn from Joseph and Mary is their heart of obedience. It's clear through each of the stories in the Gospels of their desire to know what God wanted them to do and do it, even when they didn't understand it or it didn't make sense. When Mary found out that she was supposed to have a baby, that didn't quite make sense. The angel of the Lord had to explain to her how it was going to take place, a miracle. And she accepted it. She embraced it. It was God's will for her, even though it meant social isolation and condemnation from those around her. And when Joseph found out that Mary was pregnant and they had not had relations yet, he obeyed God and did not divorce her and put her away. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, it says he was considering divorcing her. The Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 24, it says, when he awoke, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. And in Matthew uh, chapter 2, verse 13, Joseph was told to go to Egypt to protect his family. 
It says in verse 14, And he rose and took the child and his mother and departed to Egypt. The beautiful and simple response to God's command. There's no arguing or questioning. It was simple obedience. But when you go down to verse 19, again you see Joseph's simple obedience. It says, An angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the child's life are dead. And in verse 21, it says that Joseph rose, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. It's interesting in these verses that the commands are to Joseph as the father and the head of the home. I think that underlines the fact that we husbands have a primary responsibility to know God's word and obey it. We will be accountable to the Lord for our marriage and our family. The third principle is the living out of their faith. Mary and Joseph were Jews. You can see through the story they had a pure, undefiled religion. In Luke 2.21, they circumcised Jesus on the eighth day. In verse 22, they brought Jesus to Jerusalem according to the law of Moses. This was to present him to the Lord. And it also says in verse 39 that they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord. Mary and Joseph, as husband and wife, were faithful in the practice of the religion. They believed God and obeyed him, and they followed all the practices of the Old Testament. And the same thing should be true in our marriages. We not only should have a heart willing to obey the Lord, but to strengthen our marriage, we need to be willing to practice the Christian disciplines and basics of the Christian faith. Joseph and Mary went to the temple. If we desire to have a strong marriage, we also need to be involved in the local church. There are so many benefits to being involved in other people's lives. We have a chance to encourage and serve others as well as to be encouraged and served. That's one chance that we have to worship with other believers. As a result of Mary and Joseph going to the temple, you can see that Simeon and Anna were blessed because they were able to see Jesus at the temple. And beyond that, the other disciplines of the Christian life are important if we want to have a good or great marriage. We need to have time in the Word and quiet time in prayer. We should be celebrating communion. It's important for us as believers to be baptized as an expression of our faith, and it's important to be sharing our faith. I think a lot of people probably look at these practices and think that they're not the key to having a great marriage, but they are. All these practices of the Christian life strengthen your own faith and allow you to be effective in other people's lives. Another principle we see is that Mary and Joseph were used to further the kingdom of God. Their relationship was not just about themselves, and it wasn't just about being happy or close to each other and enjoying marriage. God put them together for the grand and glorious purpose of bringing the Savior into the world. Both of them were told this, and it became central to their lives. In Luke chapter 1, Mary was told about the baby that she was going to give birth to. It says in verse 31, You will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. That's an incredible message that Mary received. She was to be the birth mother of the king of kings. She had a part in impacting the world by being the mother of our Savior. And Joseph received a similar message in Matthew 1 verse 20. The angel of the Lord appeared to him saying, Joseph, son of David, 
Do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. This marriage relationship between Mary and Joseph was the platform by which Jesus would come into the world and grow up. Just think about that, to realize that your relationship is not just about the two of you and what you want. It's about what God wants to do through you. You're not going to have Jesus as your child, but God will use you in incredible ways to go way beyond your own goals and desires. And this again is part of the fantastic marriage relationship when a husband and a wife see God's calling on their lives and are open to whatever God leads them to do. That a husband and wife can have a great impact on the lives of those around them by their openness to seeing that this life and the relationship is so much more than about themselves. As a couple, talk and pray about the ways that God wants to use you in his kingdom. That is so true. We can see in our relationship that the more that we've been involved in ministry and promoting the kingdom, the closer we've gotten to each other. The calling and opportunities that God puts before us drive us forward and have solidified and strengthened our marriage. We want to look at one more principle That principle is the importance in a good marriage of extending grace and mercy. Going back to Matthew 1, verses 18 and 19, when they were betrothed, Joseph found out that Mary was pregnant. If you think about this from Joseph's perspective, he naturally would have thought that she had been unfaithful to him and would have been right to end the relationship and to expose her. In verse 19, it says that Joseph, being a just man and not willing to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. In the next few verses, you see that Joseph would find out that this child was of the Lord and that he should stay married to Mary. But in verse 19, this is before he found out. Again, it says that he was unwilling to put her to shame and he resolved to divorce her quietly. Because Joseph was righteous in his relationship with the Lord, he reasoned that he could not be married to a woman who had been unfaithful, or so he thought. But notice that he didn't publicly humiliate her and have her stoned according to the law of Moses. He extended a great amount of mercy and grace to her to keep it private and quiet. Grace and mercy, how important it is in a marriage relationship. Mercy is when we don't give someone what they deserve. There may be times in your marriage relationship when your spouse really has done something wrong and you feel they deserve to be punished. Probably for Joseph here, he could have followed the law and publicly humiliated her and had her punished, including up to stoning, but he didn't. Well, how about you? How much do you extend mercy to your spouse? If uh, they do something wrong, something hurtful and upsetting, do you tend to punish them continually or do you have a habit of extending mercy to them? It doesn't mean that you don't deal with the issue, but you don't grind them into the ground. Joseph was going to deal with the issue by divorcing her, but he was merciful in his actions. Grace is another aspect of what we should be giving to our spouse. Grace is giving someone what they don't deserve. We see in the cross God's amazing grace. God's incredible love for us demonstrated when he wanted to give us salvation through the death of his son on the cross. It wasn't something that we could ever deserve or earn. It is something that he offers freely. How much grace do you extend to your spouse? Do you give them an encouraging word, patience, space, and time that they need when they're struggling? 
There's so many ways that we can extend grace to our spouse. Both grace and mercy are needed in a relationship because we're imperfect. That allows the other person to move past their failures and their struggles with your support. Mary received an incredible amount of support from Joseph by him accepting her and not putting her away. Well, now for your homework. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to study one of these areas and discuss it with your spouse. Spend some time studying it in the Word and praying about it. You can look at your adequacy in Christ, having a heart of obedience, practicing the disciplines of the Christian religion, being involved in kingdom work, or extending grace and mercy. Well, let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this example of Joseph and Mary and how uh, incredible it is that even though they were so young, they were able to be involved in your kingdom. And thank you for the example of grace and mercy and the way that they treated each other. Lord, help us to follow those examples and that you would challenge us, uh, Lord, to be the kind of couple that they were, that we would have an impact on those around us. And we ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's it for this week's episode. We would love to hear from you. If you have questions about our podcast or questions about your marriage, you can reach us at marriedbydesign01 at gmail.com. We encourage you to subscribe to the podcast and rate it. That allows our podcast to be more visible. Well, next week on our podcast, we're going to look at another bad marriage. Always lessons we can learn from the poor choices that people make. What happens when there's one gem and one ogre. That's what we'll be looking at next time on Married by Design. Mm-hmm.